Tuesday, Vayera, Shear 75, we are discussing how history is full of Nisim. And it was based on the activity of the Yidden that determined the phenomena of what happened in history. Another interesting point is that Klai Yisro were spread out, because or else they would have all been under Hitler Yemachshamay's power. Now, this is really a nace, he explains, because no nation has ever been so widely dispersed over the globe like Klal Yisrael. I guess even Arabs, I guess. After Achashverosh, who at the time gave Haman the power to destroy the entire Klal Yisrael, no other king had ever had all of Klal Yisrael under his dominion. And this is very important to discourage the intents of these rulers. The impossibility of destroying the entire nation hindered the plans of many enemies of Klal Yisrael to attempt to destroy Klal Yisrael because they're not going to be able to get the whole, all of them anyway. Another interesting thing, this is fascinating and this is relevant to Mamish right now. He wrote this in 1962. Which, if you think about it, is 60 years ago. It's a very long time. Very long time. Very long time. So he writes that, and today, we unfortunately don't know this. He says, is it not the fact of the universal hatred against Claudius Yisrael, one of the greatest miracles in history? It is unexplainable. Today, there's no better way to put it. It is totally illogical what's going on today. There is absolutely no rhyme or reason why so many people can't simply understand that if people murder people in their beds, it would probably make sense to get rid of the reitzchem. It's pretty logical. In any other country would do it, no one would say boo. And all of a sudden it's the Jews doing it, and the whole place is up in arms. It's amazing. There's no lie. And the, the fools, the fools don't understand that there's a nay, so they're trying to explain it. And, and you, just, you talk to your blue in the face. You say it again and again. Yeah, we're not killing civilians. They are killing civilians. Say it 150 times. Kilo, it's going to go into, your, into their brains. It's, it's a miracle. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Any person with a half a brain would realize that you don't allow, you have to, you have to get rid of these people. But no. Why? Ace of Sinus Yaakov, it's the bottom line. Sinus Yisrael is a fact. And it's a miracle. Why? And he explains. He says, we used to think that the differences between Kala Yisrael and the nations is what caused the hatred. Since we look differently, we act different, that's what makes them hate us. But that was completely disproven in the case of Germany. He says all Jews were originally conspicuous, conspicuous the way they dressed, the way they spoke, their minhagim, which should have easily gotten the Goyim angry. But when the German Jews left the Torah, intermarried, or converted, therefore the logic would be that there would be less reason for their neighbors to hate them. No, that would be a simple approach. But the mightiest wave of hatred in history came at a time when religious bigot bigotry 
bigotry, I'm sorry, was at its lowest. That means at that time, the hatred of religion was at the lowest point, and still the mightiest wave of hatred of Claudius Yisrael arose. And obviously, this, this, this climax came at a time of extreme religious laxity, which is Rebbe Vigda Miller's biggest site. And it came against Jews who were completely assimilated. So there is no logical explanation to that. Why in the world? You know, it wasn't like all the Jews were from. He says they're in Germany, at least where it started, many of them, a large portion of them were assimilated. And still the hatred was uh, there. Anyone had a drop of Jewish blood was killed. What's the purpose? How do you explain it? So nice. Why did Benishlam do it? To preserve Klai Yisrael from being swallowed up by the Goyim. Or from imitating the Goyim. The more the Yidin resemble the Goyim, the greater degree of hatred is necessary to prevent assimilation or imitation. You hear that? That's the Yisait. The more we try to copy the Goyim, the more we come closer to the Goyim, the more the Rebbe makes them hate us. Why? It's illogical. The Rebbe does it. Why? Because there's danger. If Klai Yisrael is separate from the guy, there's no danger. The second we start assimilating, Chas Shalom or mixing or pretending like we have something to do with the Goyim, copying imitation. It's an important thing. It's not just assimilation. It's imitation also. The Rebbe creates a terrible hatred to prevent that from happening. It happened in Spain, in Russia, in Poland, and Germany. These are all examples of when Kalal Yisrael did things wrong. The Rebbe had to stoke the hatred of the guy. He gives another example. Ezra says, a Pesach in Ezra, that we're, we're Avadim. But when we were Avadim, the Rebbe didn't leave us, didn't forsake us. He says... Even though we were exiled amongst the nations, we were persecuted, but we were more dignified than any other nation at the time. For example, in all of Europe, for many centuries, and in Russia down to 5620, that's 1860, the institution of serfdom existed. Serfs. People were serfs to the... uh, Pirates, or whoever they served. And the common people were no better than slaves and they were the property of the aristocrats, the roy- royalty. They couldn't move, they couldn't change their jobs, they couldn't keep their produce. Everything belonged to the, to the leader. Klai Yisrael were never enslaved into being uh, serfs. I guess that's the Matthias. I don't know the facts. He says that's the way it was. And even though they were despised, they always had a freedom of dignity which was below the royalty, but it was high above all the serfs in the land. In every land where Klaiso went, they lived on a higher economic standard than the majority of the native inhabitants. I'd say that in America today, right, the average Jew with all his tuition. And everything that he has to pay is still richer than the average guy. And it makes no sense. Why should it be like that? We have 
the, the, the expenses that Jews have are astronomical compared to the typical guy. A, a guy with five kids, six kids. If you take tuition and yam taivim and kosher food, it's impossible. Can't live. Yet, a yid makes $100,000. It's considered poor. $80,000 is considered can't make ends meet anymore, right? That's what it is. A guy makes $80,000, $100,000 a year. He's a rich man. So, by yidin, it's amazing. We, we, the, hot, the standards are so much higher than the guy. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. He said many times they had goyim working for them. A yid was almost never reduced to being a servant. Think about that. Think about that. Shiksas, they hire. Even in Eretz Yisrael, you hire people to work for you. It's always Arabs, or Echves, whatever the other chever that are there. It's not yidin, generally speaking. They... Now part of this, he explains, is because of Shabbos and Kashras, which would not give us an ability to be a servant to somebody else because we have to keep Shabbos. He said in Eastern Europe, all the towns and villages were Jewish. At the outskirts, listen to this fascinating thing, at the outskirts of the town where the paving ended and the civilization stopped, that's where you had these straw huts of the masters of the land. The Yidden lived in towns and villages. And the Goyim lived in these rotted huts. All over Russia, Poland, Lithuania, Romania, Hungary, almost every business establishment was under Jewish management. The government contractors to build the roads, transporting lumber, food for the army, were all Jews. They all had the higher... doesn't make any sense. Why should it be like that? And, and today you see it clear. I mean, almost every... Big company is owned by a Jew. No, almost every big company. Fry it and huh? That's what they hate. That's part of the reason why they hate us. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, the Palas, there's plenty of self-hating Jews, and they're not any better. I'm saying you think about it. They still hate us, even though a lot of them are self-hating themselves. Why is that a reason to hate? He said because the reason why they hate us is to prevent assimilation. And therefore, the more we assimilate, the more they hate us. Because the hate is not logical. It's a nace from the Manishla. That's all. If you look at it from a percent perspective, I mean, all the grace of Knackers are all Jews. The grace of Ganavim, they're all Jews. It's the bottom line. All the Chacham are all Yidin. Why? Manishla made it like that. Klai are not the losers. They're the Mutzlachim. No, but the difference is the obvious word in Gauls. That's the difference. So Kalei Yisrael were in Eretz Yisrael. It's Pasha they were on top of the world. The Chiddushas in there in Galus that they're on top of the world. I mean, what Kalei Yisrael produces today, no guy could dream of accomplishing. I mean, you could speculate why it's like that, but the facts on the ground is doesn't make any sense. You know, once it happens, you could go back and figure out how it happened. But like, I mean, if you look at the state of Israel, if you want to call it a not too Jewish the state, technically, it's a bunch of Friday running it. But the bottom line is, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what it was able to accomplish compared to any other country, triple its age and triple its, and 100 times its size. I mean, you take these countries like, uh, I don't know, Africa, no one looks at them. 
Africa's not even a country. I think Africa's a continent. Africa's like 150,000 times the state of Israel. And like, like Arsino, you never hear about it. I don't know. Brazil is massive countries. And it's like a much like Arsino. And you take a little tiny country and the whole world's busy with it. For better or for worse. But does this make any sense? It's totally... A place like Saudi Arabia is a hundred, I don't know, thousands of times bigger than Eretz Israel. It technically has some something on the planet, but nothing close to the... Everyone heard of Israel. Everyone heard of the Prime Minister of Israel. Everybody knows. The Prime Minister of uh, Saudi Arabia, the average guy can't name what his name is. King, Prince, nobody knows what they have there. President of the United States, maybe the Prime Minister of England, maybe, maybe Germany, maybe, Canada, maybe, and that's it. That's where it starts and stops. And these t- uh, Russia, okay, Russia, say that, China, say that. But you think about it, it makes no sense. Totally ir- illogical. Tarot says you didn't have atzlocha. They, whether they're from or they're fried, they have atzlocha. And so that's one, a- it, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, it's interesting. On one hand, they have tremendous atzlocha, but on the other hand, the Ben has to keep them in check with sinna. And sinna is what keeps us in check. When such a thing happens, and the whole world is against us, and the only thing we have is to pull, pull together even the Fruma and the Freya. It's, it, it's a tremendous Osiris. The reason why the Freya are waking up is because there's no one to turn to. The Goyim are not Negea. So the only ones they can turn to is the Yidden. And they, they, they're forced to, to become, to be Misachet. It's part of it. Think about it. It's an amazing thing the Banisham set up that the entire world is anti unless you're a Yid. Most Yidden, even Freya Yidden, even liberal Mishigan, most of them are all pro what's going on over there, most of them. So it's an amazing thing. That means it's something that pulls together you, then you didn't understand it, whether you're from or you're fry, and Goyim don't. And it's a Neisim HaKadosh Baruch to keep Klaus all together and to, in a certain sense, keep them separate from the guy. When you walk down the street and the guy yells at you, you remind yourself that you're not part of the guy. You have nothing to do with them. You don't want to, you don't aspire to be part of them. And where do they go marching? They go marching in the colleges. Why? Because the Yidden don't belong in the colleges. That's the bottom line. They don't belong there. They shouldn't get famished there. They don't belong there. So that's where the hate is. That's where the sin is. Everyone says, oh, you look, it's going to the colleges. You have to be scared in the shuls. Well, one of them do the other. In the colleges, the Yidden don't belong. In the shuls, they do. So stay in shul. Stay in yeshiva. You'll be fine. Don't go to college. You'll be fine too. Now again, person has to go to college. I'm not disagreeing. You know, people have to go. Guy has to go. He has to go. But there's definitely a certain amount of imitation and assimilation that takes place in the colleges that they're knocking out with this Sinas Yisrael. It's getting very clear the delineation between a Yid and a guy. That's the reason why the Manishan does it.